0: Hey, welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode, we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix 115th film. It's the 2018 Indonesian action thriller, The Night Comes for Us. It's directed by Tomo Tianto. It stars Joe Taslim, Iko Uwais, Julia Stell, Sonny Pang, and Zach Lee. I'm Jesse, and I have MJ here with me. How are you? I'm very well, Jesse. How are you? Ah, I'm good. I'm good. It's um, it's nice to see you. It's nice to be able to record another one of these, and it's nice to be doing something that's completely different to anything that we've done before.
1: Uh, is this is this our first R eighteen plus movie? Because this is this that's- was rated R. I and I know Netflix does their own ratings. So is this the first one?
0: Yep, I've got that down to first R rating film. Yeah, It is. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's um, and I think that it's quite understandable why it's uh, it's got that rating. The, oh, the yes. violence, the violence in this one is is quite extreme. So if um you've got a bit of a squeamy um or squirmy <laughs> stomach and, and you don't want to hear about some um some quite violent things, probably give us a pause. Or if you did want to watch this and um and and uh, come back later on and hear us, because we're going to spoil some things um as we go
1: i think yeah good for a spoiler alert but if you've got a squeamish stomach i think you can still listen to us talk about it it might be harder to watch but i don't think
0: it's gonna to be too hard to hear us say it uh, i was gonna go through some uh, some quite graphic scenes in detail later on so okay fair enough then. No, i appreciate it uh, i can't wait all right well um we start our show with our fast flicks where we we give a quick summary of the film so what's your fast flicks for this one mj
1: so it's a film with a key focus on insane fight scenes and vast bloodshed uh, that's based around a man who turns his uh, turns his back on the crime triad and is now trying to run away and stay alive all the
0: time whilst protecting a little girl. Yeah, good. Um, similar similar lines, I've just said, a, a gangster changes tune and decides to save a young girl and then he must face those who see this as a betrayal. Ooh, I like the changes tune. That's That's a nice one. I think I wrote that about midnight and I was like, what's a what's a word? I don't even know if it's the right word, but I think he definitely changed <laughs> nah, it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we, we like to talk a little bit about how the film's been put together and what we can work out about the the, the creation of the film. So what, what can you tell us about this, MJ? So
1: it was originally conceived as a screenplay, and before they did anything with that, they actually decided to adapt it into a graphic novel before then being released as a film. So December 2014, uh, Timo Tijanto, who is the writer and director, so he confirmed that he was working with Indonesian artist hub Glitch Network to adapt his original screenplay into comic book, basically. Um, So before they wanted to make a film, they made a comic book, and then Radius TWC had actually acquired the North American distribution rights for this film back in 2014, prior to them actually having started any sort of production. But... That being a Weinstein Company uh, affiliate, they basically had to liquidate all their assets. Um, and as it turned out, they ended up selling this one entirely to to Netflix. So the film actually premiered at Fantastic Fest on the 22nd of September 2018. And it was released worldwide on Netflix on the 19th of October 2018. So about a month later. So... This is the first Indonesian film that's produced by Netflix. Um, yet, ironically, in Indonesia, one of the largest local network providers uh, who actually has 46% of the wireless service market share has banned and blocked Netflix from their service. So I can understand why Netflix wasn't too much of a rush to get into the Indonesian market because <laughs> half the people there can't even watch it. So, But interesting to say that
0: it is, it is um, the first Indonesian Netflix original film. Good yeah well um this is um well the director sort of hinted in a couple of interviews about this one that um this is the first his his vision of a trilogy so the first in a in a series of three films that he would like to make and mm-hmm. the he's hinted that the second film would be um the focus would be of the the biker girl the the operator um, yeah. played by um julia Stell, and then um yeah and he's also mentioned that there are only two of the six c's members that we actually saw in this film as well so there's uh i guess there's a little bit of a universe that he's almost got ready to go if if he had the ability to make a couple more of these films um then i'm sure he's um yeah yeah he's got the ability to go forward with that which is which is all good um this is our fifth netflix original episode in a row that we've done where the film's been over two hours and I went through a mm. block of all Netflix original films. There is an, not another block where we have so many two hour films in a row. So I just thought that was worthwhile pointing out that we've, we've done the hard yards uh, the last five episodes. because We've got um, a little reprieve, the, do we? We do. We do have a little bit of a reprieve. So that's nice. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And then um, the last little thing is my little translation. Um segment where i look at uh what the title of the film is in other countries they're all very very similar they didn't stray too far from the title for this one so obviously the the title the night comes for us was used um, in a lot of countries but in argentina it was called the night haunts us in brazil it was the night chases us in greece when night falls the Night is Upon Us in Italy, Shadow of Night in Japan, and The Night is Following Us in Russian. So mm. all very um, featured around that word, night, but obviously all little different takes, which is
1: nice to say. Didn't stray too far from it, yeah. So this, this is also mm-hmm. nominated for the best stunts, at the Austin Film Critics Association in 2019. I think it's interesting that um, Timo Tijanto basically made, made a really good point of saying that the, the reason why it's harder for Hollywood to do this kind of stuff. And this is why we don't see a lot of this sort of stuff in Hollywood films with the, the violence that we see in this. is that There's just so many rules set with, you know, uh, actors and what they can and can't do and what they should and shouldn't do. And um, Well, it's, it's understandable because there's obviously professional industry that you're trying to protect there. But with these sort of films, obviously, this is an independent film that was made in Indonesia. Um, they basically discuss with the actors beforehand and go, this is what we're going to do. Are you up for this? You are sweet. All right, let's go and do it. And um, it sort of builds this brotherhood and the sisterhood of a cast where they're putting themselves through quite
0: a fair bit to, to make some of these pretty amazing scenes. Yeah. Well, let's look at the consensus for this one. What, um, what were the critics in the audience feedback for this?
1: Well, from what I can gather, it's super positive. Um, So it's 7 out of 10 on IMDb, which is a great score, Um, but it's also had over 20,000 ratings. So a lot of people have rated it a lot of people do like it. And those numbers are reflected almost exactly on Letterboxd, which is 3.5 out of 5 off 20,000 ratings. So um, it's a really positive positive mark from the critics, or not so much critics, but the audience consensus.
0: Yeah, I agree. um, 91% on Google users um, liking this film. And then... Rotten Tomatoes again, very, very, very positive. 90% on 31 reviews from Ooh. the critics. So that's fresh. And the audience had it at 83% on nearly a thousand. So very, very wow. positive across the board. Everyone anyway. loved it. <laughs> All right. Early thought early, early thoughts. This is where we, we sort of give our early thoughts on the film. What are you what are you thinking for this one before we get into the crux of the film?
1: Yeah, look, I, I get the appeal for this film. Um, and if you're into action films with amazing fight scenes and you love that dialed up violence. Uh, this film probably does it as good as anything I've seen, and I can appreciate it for it. For me, I think I learned that there's a limit to the amount of insane and graphic violence that I can handle in one sitting. It was just, it was relentless. It was just scene after scene after scene. And um, the story itself, I thought was pretty cheesy and a little overblown, and the characters didn't really jump off the page. But I don't think they're the reasons that people are going in to watch the film. So, with, with all that said, I, I did find it easy enough to get on board with and, and lean into um just wasn't entirely
0: my cup of tea in other parts yeah the uh, similar for for what this uh, lacks in story direction it, it does make up with some uh super impressive set pieces and i think I, I think this is uh this could almost be classified as a martial arts film um more yeah. so than than an action thriller and i think if you like that genre and you don't mind a bit of the the gore and guts and um the, the blood that you'd often see in horror films—it's sort of like a, a, a mishmash mm. between a, a, yeah, it's like a martial arts horror. <laughs> so yes. um, I think I think you might enjoy that if you if you don't mind that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, um, I enjoyed parts of it, and there were parts of it that I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> 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 oh Goodness, yeah. Th- all right, let's uh, let's look at some characters. And like you just mentioned in your your fast flicks there, or your your um, early thoughts. It's gonna, I think it's pretty hard to talk about any depth in a lot of these characters. Mm. There's not There's not a lot there apart from the surface sort of one line that you can say about them. So unless you've got something better, which I'm lo- looking forward to hearing. So fill, no, fill look, us in on. It's what, yeah,
1: It's a difficult one as well when you, when you think that he's trying to create a universe out of this. Um, because the universe basically just has to be, I'm just going to give you another two hours of just insane stunts, gruesome kills, because he didn't do a good enough job developing these characters to think that, oh, man, I cannot wait to see what so-and-so or Ito's up to. I mean, probably not Ito, but I can't wait to see what someone's up to, you know, in the next month because, you know, it's such a great story I want to follow. But let's start with Ito because he is our main protagonist. So um, he's a pretty noble and ethically bound guy, <clears throat> which, which makes him a really good guy for us to follow because he's an extremely qualified fighter and killer, which is the premise of the film and what people will want to see on screen. Um, but he's got a good heart and everything he's doing, he's doing for a really, really good reason. My question about him is how did he become a 60s in the first place and live for all these years murdering and savaging towns? And it seems so out of character for him now and it seemed out of character to the man that we flashed back to. And that's that's my only thing with Ito because I loved him, thought he did everything that you wanted someone to do. But um, I just don't know how he lived that life because nothing I
0: saw suggested that he would have. Yeah. I I think uh, from yeah, from memory, like it was, it was almost like he was sort of like on the the shady side of things. And then he spent three years being this assassin and then he's just like, no, I can't do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. it didn't really give us a, a good, like it obviously gives you a reason that he wants to, um, you know, he wants to change himself and change his life and things like that. And I get that, but yeah, like you mentioned, we didn't see that. We didn't see that fall or that reason for him turning to that, seedier side mm. of things which makes it and harder even to in, see, in yeah. the before
1: scene when it's him and arian talking about like what we can do and he's like dude you don't want to get involved in this this is bad stuff like that was kind of his sentiment and
0: yeah obviously he didn't so, follow his own advice and yeah i think the yeah the 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 best way to describe him would be reckless and stupid at times and i think they, they yep. called him this at the start and i think that was probably a good setup for him that yeah his his decision making and that's the Only way I could describe it, I guess, is that um his decision to actually follow up with this this group is was a reckless and stupid decision. It was it was maybe a spare-of-the-moment call because I, I don't know much else about him that I can really um and he obviously wants to do the right thing by um by Rena, the, the little girl that he saves, because he sees yep. this this innocence and he sees, hey, you know, it's this switch that says what we're doing or what I'm doing is wrong i need to change this and, and fix this and and he obviously throughout the film does a a good job of trying to resolve this and and change where he's been and what he's doing through this this child that he's that he saved and i'll just briefly touch on her now because there's not much to say about rena the little girl no. but i think um it's just this this symbol of innocence that you could you could say it, she was literally in the wrong place at the wrong time and the trauma of seeing your mother shot um and she just becomes this liability that is obviously a plot piece to to progress this film along and and give us motive for the bad guys to chase the good guy almost
1: Mm. yeah that's a very good point yeah i didn't think to look into her any more than um probably exactly what you said but yeah yeah i just it still makes me wonder whether in ito's three years of being in that role that he never had another situation where he had to kill a child like it seemed like standard practice, like a Monday to Friday kind of thing for these guys. And all of a sudden, one day, it was like, you know what? No, I can't do it. So, we're just fine. I mean,
0: that's the film's not about that deep exploration. I don't think. No, and you know, he's within in three years, he's become the head of these 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 guys. You know, part of those top six. So, yeah, he, he would have had to have done done some of these actions that these guys are doing now to get there. You'd yeah. think you, you would think he's savage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, who else have we got all right yeah, let's let's
1: go into arian um and if i'm dissatisfied by some of the stuff with ito it's even worse with RM because there's definitely this air of mystery around him which which is good which i liked but you don't necessarily know whether he's on the good guys or the bad guys you know will he help ito I, I found it a little confusing that he did so many little things to help his old mates out but only then to help them progress like one step forward without actually helping them properly so he, he risked his own life so many times by pissing off this crew that was working with him um just to basically delay the inevitable for what's going to happen with this group of people um and then still obviously tried to kill eto at the end without much negotiation like he he literally killed someone who was about to kill him and then he started fighting him to the death so was this trying to just show that he was struggling to come to terms with making a decision because if
0: so it just didn't really work for me yeah i think it was um I th- without Ito gone, he didn't have one of those six spots, I guess. So it it, it came down to, yeah. I, and I found that that end that you speak about it as well a little bit tricky. To you know, Ito's done the right thing and said, you know, I'm I'm just going to walk away, leave you. We've had a big fight, it's over. Let's mm-hmm. just go our separate ways. And then yeah, obviously the he, he couldn't hit him uh, <laughs> even though it was the back door of a barn. He mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't he couldn't hit him with that with the bullets. But um, I, that's that was really lame. Um, i yeah, I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my track of thought now thinking about that too. But I think uh, his his ability to be more self-conscious and want the, that idea, he's like, I've gone so far now, I need to, to kill him to be involved. And obviously without him, they're all sitting there in the background just watching this massive fight. <laughs> you know, they all walk out mm, with, with yeah, their suits sure. on, you know. So I knew exactly what was happening. He knew, he would have known that they were there watching to make sure that he, he finished the job and he couldn't. So that was the end for him. So that, that's how, what the, the stakes were, desperation. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I just put the the Bobby, the Fatty, and and Wisnu yeah. all together as the, as a as a crew of very loyal um, people that were just cool fighters. <laughs> um, yeah. Lo- loyal is the word, right?
1: Like, Fatty's like he kind of seemed like the smarter one that was going to make proper tactical decisions of how they were going to get out of there and what they were going to do. But he still had that level of being batshit crazy when he had to. Bobby. Again, loyal as hell, super angry with a, with obviously a short fuse. Um, but I just, I liked watching him fight. I <laughs> had a lot of fun watching Bobby fight. Um, but yeah, there's not much. I, I really wanted to dig into
0: these characters more and there just was nothing for me apart from the fact they were super loyal. Yeah, and the, the same sorts of things with a few of the other characters. So you had this Johan guy at the butcher shop. It was like he was just in oh, it for a cool fight. And then you have the operator, the biker, which I was... Huh. The introduction of that character was blue. Like, it didn't make any sense whatsoever to me. It was just like out of nowhere. She comes and snipes a few people. And it's like, oh, who's this new character with not long to go in the film?
1: <laughs> and then you know what would have been great if she played a huge part. I, I, <laughs> I guess she played a part in a nice fight at the end, and she obviously protected the girl. But what do we actually know about her? Like, she, again, she's basically just another gun for hire, but mm-hmm. one that's got her own sort of set of moral and social conscience. But that's it. She comes in with a sniper, and I'm like. Wow! Here we go. This is this is changed. This movie's changed. It's like ah, oh, not really.
0: <laughs> Are there any other characters that you wanted to touch on?
1: The only one is Eleanor and Elma, the the two sort of female again, gun for hire fighters who. Yep. It seemed like there could have been an interesting story here, but it's just never explored. Like they they're basically there to showcase a specific skill set that both of them have. Like one of them's amazing with a machete, and one of them is really good with that bloody. Thing slices yeah i don't know what it is but like a yo-yo type <laughs> weapon but it, i don't know why they kind of made them lovers if they even are lovers like they, they don't really do anything specific with that side of the story whether it is just to make them gay or i don't know what it was but i thought when when one of them got killed the other one would go crazy and then it's like she's like ah oh, whatever like i just i'm gonna try and kill you like i don't know i don't know
0: why that part of the story was in it yeah. I had that in, I'll say that now I had that in the scenes that I really didn't like the, the whole two women working together. So they, you know, they must be lesbians. Like it was just, it was, it really felt off. Um, and you know, they were strong. They were strong females that like you oh, know, yeah. could hold their own against anyone. So there was no need to have And you know, there was mentions of the men, like, you know, making jokes in the lift about them and things like that. It was just, yeah. it didn't sit well at all. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: I just wonder if it's a thing that was explored more deeply in the comic, and they kind of wanted to make a throw to it and go, oh, by the way, you know, these two that are lesbians and, um, yeah. in the comic, that's a really big part of it. And they just want to touch on it. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. I like that explanation. <laughs> that's good.
0: Um, yeah, giving them credit. that I don't even know if it's there or not, but yeah. The director, um, Tomo Tijanto, very, um, interesting couple of little connections with him. Um, so <laughs> I have mentioned I'll start off with this one because I mentioned this previously on our show there's a as a um, anthology film called the ABCs of Death. and he directed the letter L1 on that and i've I've spoken about that on um, our show a long, long time ago. Um, one of the other directors we did had done that. but I guess the other thing was that for VHS two, which is another anthology type of thing, he um, co-directed the segment with um, our director from last week, Gareth Evans who who directed. yeah, it. yeah so cool little fl- Flix forum connection.
1: I wonder if Gareth Evans was having a yarn to Netflix about his mate when he when he got signed on for Apostle. He's like, "Hey, this bloke's doing a film. You want to get on board with that?"
0: And I, I wonder if that was that had anything to do with it. And um, if like I think remembering from last week, Gareth Evans had a real big interest in Indonesian film too. Like he'd made a few Indonesian films. So yeah, so obviously they yeah know each other and, and work with each other, which is really cool. So Gareth Evans directed The Raid
1: and The Raid 2, mm-hmm. and they were obviously really big in this space. And I think a lot of these actors were in The Raid mm-hmm. movies as well. So there's obviously a link to
0: to all of them in, in some way. Yeah. Very good. All right. Time to talk about some scenes. What are some ones in this one that you you enjoyed, MJ? Yeah, there's just
1: a couple of little bits and pieces. The first one is, is the butcher scene. Um, I really liked... The fight scene in that i just thought it was really well choreographed um i think it took things to a new level and i think maybe because it was probably only the second fight scene i wasn't i wasn't over it (laughs) i wasn't overseeing all the bloodshed and the (laughs) murderous uh (laughs) murderous killings and all that kind of stuff so i thought that was a really cool scene um the other thing, it's not really a scene, but I just, I can't touch on this before, but I loved watching Bobby fight. I just thought he was insane. And I, I kind of like seeing that craziness. And I think there's about five occasions where I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, he's dead. And he just kind of <laughs> kept going like some kind of mad, unkillable machine. Uh, so that kind of works for me as well. Just using then,
0: that, um, that, that wet floor sign. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's going to work as a bulletproof vest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> um, I liked the emotion of a scene that had no dialogue when Ito came back to the carnage that had happened at that apartment and he reunited with Raina and there was this soft, slow music that I think I just found is a really welcome change of pace to what, to what had been happening on screen for probably the first 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but also it, it brought some emotion, feeling and even I guess a little bit bit more of stake to the film as well so I thought that was quite quite well done um I guess the back half of the film is where I kind of got a bit over it all um so the only thing that I have got there is when he used the billiard table pocket as a weapon I thought that was awesome (laughs) he just pulled out with the balls in it and just started killing people with it
0: I'm all for that sort of inventive writing I think that was great (laughs) <laughs> uh, good yeah you've got um a couple my, most of the things that you've mentioned are, th- are things that um, i enjoyed as well so i don't have a lot to, uh, to offer any extra but just a couple of other little instances i guess of violence everything did everything that i enjoyed in this was was sort of different ways of seeing violence i guess um which is mm. weird because i'm not usually a, a person who, who thoroughly enjoys um massively violent things but the the first like thing that sort of got me and sort of i was like oh this is what this is going to be like is um When they're in macau and um arian's in like the thing he puts that wine bottle in the guy's mouth (laughs) and i was just like that was pretty graphic on the screen but then and then obviously it led led the the butcher scene that you mentioned (laughs) just those meat hooks the knives the the jigsaw blades just the Um, the amount of weapons in that room um was so cool um the the one of the the blonde the blonde girl what was her name was she (sighs) I can't remember which I one know, she don't know, Eleanor, Eleanor maybe? Ele- yeah, maybe Eleanor. Um, so when she, she sort of comes out of that lift and they do this like slow-mo trance where she walks across the corridor and then the guys come towards her and she just slices them up as they come towards her. That was really cool. <laughs> uh, the, you mentioned the car park scene before. The, I just thought the... the the, the hits with that car, how using that car as a weapon and driving over a guy who's like literally just sitting on the floor. And was just, <laughs> just, 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 I was like, wow, I was not expecting to see this on the screen. Real. And then, and then, yeah, the, the last part, which the cue balls um as a weapon that you mentioned, but the prior to him picking up the cue balls, the, the camera was almost like on a rig on the back of his neck. Yeah. And it was it just looked like a video game sort of thing. Almost. I thought that was really, really, really cool. Just a cool way to change up the, the violence that we'd seen throughout which was all you know that it was nice to see different ways of showing it rather than just one sort of um set angle the whole time that's true okay what are some things that you want to forget from this
1: one there's one thing that we can learn from all this jesse if we're ever in this situation you and i and hopefully we're on the uh majority team um if you have got like a 30 to one fight don't send someone out one at a time just get like 10 people on him at once and he will not win. You're watching that scene from like you were saying from the back of his head and you can see all these people just watching in the background as one person at a time comes up to him. <laughs> it's
0: like, You guys you guys should be doing of a lot better. And then like the next scene, he like picks up one guy and just, just swings him around to like start knocking people out. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really good. Uh... All right, what do you want to forget from this one? Uh,
1: I just, I didn't like a lot of the, and I guess it's part of the appeal of this type of film. Um, a lot of the deaths were really overacted. Uh, same kind of like the way people threw themselves back and the noises they made. Just thought it was, it kind of got a bit tired and, and, and took away from a little bit. So that was one thing. Um, and to be honest, the final fight scene with Ito and Aryan, probably not even close to one of the better fight scenes in the film. And it was just so drawn out. And to be honest, by the end of it, I was almost bored. Like I was just waiting for someone to win. Um, I didn't have a huge investment in either of the characters to be perfectly honest. I wasn't too sure where the film was going. And that, that scene just didn't pull off the page like some of the other ones we spoke about. Um, and again, this is a question or a scene. I, I don't know if I liked the end. Um, it's, Ito dying, I guess he dies. I think it's assumed that he's going to get killed in that situation. Um, but that sleazeball guy, the other six Cs, obviously seems to live. Probably the only person of any note that seems to live. And the girl going off on the boat on her own, I get it because everyone sort of said she can't live with you because, you know, she's always going to have a target on her back. I don't know. All these sort of things happen. And I was like, I kind of wanted her and Ito to stay together. I kind of wanted the sleazeball guy to die and like have no idea about it because his arrogance really pissed me off. And, like, none of this sort of stuff happened. That I, I sort of walked out of it like, yeah, that was a bit shit. So, yeah, I, I don't know how much I love the ending. Even though I get it, if,
0: especially if they are trying to make a universe of it. But, um, yeah, it didn't work for me the ending. Yeah I, yeah, I thought it was weird just seeing, like, a nine-year-old kid on a boat by themselves. <laughs> like, yeah, she's got a passport and some money, but like, what, what's going to yeah. happen once the boat lands somewhere? Like, um yeah, it's tough. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that gangster guy will work out where the ship's going and have some of his men at the other end of that ship. Ready, waiting for it's very it. true yeah um yeah I, I mentioned before the the whole um lesbian lines so i didn't like it. that um mm. it really annoyed me when so this film is it's got lots of different languages throughout that's used and at parts and at times english is used as a language but when the english was on there were no subtitles and that really did my head in um I thought, just I to that go too. it just it, it just chunks up the viewing experience because if you're you're watching a film with su- subtitles you want to be able to have that constant flow through the whole time even they switch up languages that's fine but i just need that continuity yeah. so i don't have to then i'm like hang on i gotta focus to what they're actually listening instead of that you're refocusing so that annoyed me um did you have
1: subtitles turned on though because i wasn't sure if i had it on or not and obviously they come up when it's not in the language but
0: um when it's in that language but i don't know if, if you had it on would it have been on the whole time i'm not sure I went in and checked the because i was like oh maybe there's an english dub there was no english dub and i checked the subtitle list too and yeah it was on the english subtitle so um okay yeah i mean just even you just think about people who may be deaf and they watch this film they're not going to get any of the english scenes um it's a great point which is really frustrating tip for netflix fix that one up um the Mm, (laughs) the, good one the, the biker chick the operator i just thought it's too random for me um just rocking up and The ability of just you know as soon as you hear who ito is not killing him even though you're going to kill him and i don't know just that whole sequence didn't work for me yeah no resolution with her either and also i didn't know her name was the operator until i checked imdb exactly yeah Uh, i thought the the dialogue when um the operator was having that fight with those two girls at the end there was like i think there was like a line it was like um who are you protecting little bitch? And then she's, her response was, (laughs) you're going to regret that. And she's like, why saying bitch? And the response was no for wearing white. And I was like, that is one of the worst lines that like, it's just horrible, 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 horrible. Um, She did bleed all over it though. It was a a good call. It was worth it. And finally, um, yeah, as you mentioned, that final fight scene was way too long dragged out. (laughs) And as you, it was just way, way, way too long. Um, Good. All right. Time to move on to what's this one saying? What are some themes or some ideas that you could pick up for this? Uh, look, the main thing they explore is
1: doing what is right. You know, no matter how far back you are, no matter what bad things that you might've done, you've always got the opportunity to try and right your wrongs. Um, I guess, I guess you could say that's a success because the little girl does get away. I mean, he still killed her parents and everything like that, but... Um, and he's not there, sort of helper. But yeah, I i think that's probably a, a positive of the film. I think the other thing that we we sort of touched on with the characters is that thing of loyalty, uh being there for your mates no matter what. And this is pure. This really is a big no matter what kind of situation, because it's basically certain death if you wanted to help out ito in this sort of situation. um And I kind of wanted to talk about the idea of strength in numbers because at the end of the day, <laughs> numbers is what won it. Uh, they sort of just kept having people coming out of nowhere and they kept evening up the fight as much as they could but by the end of it well, as you said we saw like seven more people just roll out and kill Aryan. and then obviously on the dock at the end there's like another 20 people there it's like well if you got the numbers you're probably going to be all right <laughs> yeah,
0: good point i don't know how good that message is but it, it it's pretty prominent yeah I've, i haven't got much to add to what you said but the the idea of morals doing the right thing i think the the kid um Raina was probably the only good character in the film almost she's the only one that we didn't see do something that wasn't morally right um and it sort of leads into that they they use this line multiple times and it's called no you know they said no time for regrets no time for regrets it's like live live in the moment do what you can to to save the situation and um obviously this is seen through ito trying to to change his fate and, and do the right thing for a change um and not just saving mm-hmm. not just saving rena but saving himself also and i guess maybe that's why we've got that finality with him driving that car and and just so you know he, he feels at home with himself with what he's done i'm not sure but yeah. we take, take out as back. many as he can before he dies dies yeah. <laughs> yeah all right what well, yeah we'll take out what did we take out of this film Segway. oh look it's just
1: <laughs> one of the more violent films that I've seen, uh, particularly for a non-horror. Um, but it's it's almost combated by the cheesiness of the deaths and the, the lack of character insights, which kind of makes it fun to watch. Like, if you can completely just forget about those things and just go, I'm just here for uh, what I can actually see, then then that that's fine. Um, I reckon this would have been pretty cool in a cinema too. Just mm-hmm. visually,
0: it would have um, really jumped off a little bit. Yeah, completely agree. I think um, it's almost like it's, uh, Tarantino-esque sort of violence at stages, and um, as cool as some of those scenes where, like we mentioned before, that that the climax, the fight scene at the end, like you don't want to be disappointed by the final fight of a film. Like every yeah. st- that's the structure of films is you have this big battle at the end, it's gonna be the best one. And I think they acted themselves too well um, throughout the film, to and they just finished with that, which was. Um, I think they yeah. tried to combat it with how about we just make this fight like forever? So these guys, look how
1: um, look how much stamina they have. Look, they're just going to keep going. They're going to keep fighting. And that doesn't translate into being the best fight. Not at all. Um, did you jump onto IMDB to check anyone out? I did after after I watched it, just when I was looking around. And that's how I sort of found out that both the main guys, so Ito and Arian were both in the raid movies. Um, as you can understand, they're obviously pretty talented from a martial arts perspective. So it's sort of... Uh, I can imagine them getting a ton of these sort of roles, to be honest.
0: Cool, good, yeah. I didn't didn't jump on it all, so that will uh, lead us into questions. Have you got any questions that uh, you wanted to ask?
1: The only one I have is where did Shinta end up? So she was his boy, her, <laughs> the boyfriend, uh, the girlfriend at the start, uh, because she just kind of nicked off, and I think they had a phone call at one point. But like her boyfriend and all of her friends are kind of just dead. <laughs> like, did we even need this component of the story? Because I thought maybe she was going to jump in and
0: help Rena, but no, nah, that didn't happen either. So I yeah, don't know why uh, she was there. I've got that down as well. I'm like, um, you know, Bobby, I'd like the setup that Bobby, like in the lift told her, you know, we're over, run sort of thing. I thought that was cool, but yeah, where did she run to? She to, that on that train platform. She throws the phone in the bin and then it's like, maybe he was telling her to meet the, the kid on the other side of the boat. I'm, but, <laughs> I, don't I hope so. <laughs> That's a long, <laughs> that's, long, that's a long stretch. conclusion. Yeah, Jeez, it's a long, long whole, mistake, but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they didn't do a good job of telling it if that was what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else? <laughs> no, nah, that's all I had to ask. Um, so the uh, the operator, the the chick on the motorbike, why was she so... Like, what was her reason for wanting to help and look after the kid? I, mean, I don't know if I missed something. Like, why was she so intent on just killing whoever came near the kid for him? Like, what was... What was the motive in her for doing it? I
1: think there was a thrill because I don't think that she knew that Ito had gone as rogue as he had, and he was basically me versus the triad. And and I think she was there to try and kill one of the six Cs because she could and I guess I, I assume she works for another one of the six C's. And I think when she sort of heard his story and why he did it, it, it resonated with her morally. And she's like, Well, I'm not actually here to kill a six C's, I'm kinda of here, here to kill a guy who's on the run. Which is a different kind of job, and then I guess that it just his story appealed to her enough for her to be like, "Look, I'll help you out here. Do what I
0: can, and then I'm gonna bug her off." So that's that's kind of my take on it. Okay, good. I'll take that. Uh, last thing I just wanted to ask was the title. To me, this is another forgettable title. Um, oh yeah, it's another one where I'm like, "What's the film that we, I watched again?" I, I I don't connect the 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 night comes for us. Like, is yeah, I I don't know. I agree. Yeah. Not only is it a nothing title that doesn't stick with you, it also
1: doesn't have that much to do with the film. Like I, I get yeah. that the final night is kind of a lot happens in it, but I, I think there's a million other ways that you could name this film to make
0: it more, more relevant. Okay, good. I'm glad. All right, well, uh, let's start to wrap this one up, I guess. And we finish our um, show off with each of us giving the film a rating out of five and then a flicks Flixform average. So, MJ, what are you going to give this one?
1: Let's... It it wasn't really in my hitting zone, but I do get the appeal. I think the fight scenes are really cool. I respect the effort they went into for this overdrawn, gruesome violence and these kill shots. Uh, But it was pretty damn relentless. And um, if it had been sprinkled with a bit more plot and character work, I would have been more on board. But it's still two and a half stars.
0: Nice. Yeah. I think along the same lines, I thought visually quite quite impressive at times. The um, choreography at times was really fun to watch. And... The set pieces at times did drag on, especially like I mentioned the one at the end. But I can sort of look past that for the overall thoughts because, um, yeah, a lot of the the, the fights were, were pretty um pretty cool to watch. So I'm giving it a three out of five. Um, gives yep. us a two point seven five out of five. All right. We are on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Flix Forum. Uh, please give us a follow if you can. And the question that we pop up there this week is, uh, what's a better title for this film? What could you name this film to, that it uh, has a more, you know, it stays in your mind a bit more so I can actually say to someone, oh, I watched this film. See, I can't even remember what it's mm. called now. I can't even say, oh. Well, I, I think as well, like if you're trying to create a universe out of this, why don't you really lean
1: into this? Six Cs ooh, may not work as well because there's obviously links to like the ocean but um even something to do with the triad or the indonesian crime like anything like that bring that into it um and it definitely makes it feel like it's gonna if someone says to me in five years time have you seen the night comes for us i'll be like oh i don't know like honestly honestly that's what i think i'll say
0: I agree. Completely agree. Like i yeah, struggling and I know you just said it now, but yeah, I, I was like, Oh, what's it called again? What's it called? So yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get some suggestions for that. So uh, we are back Good again life. next week. To, we are back again next week. We have another episode for you. It's another 2018 film. We're getting very close to the, the back end of our 2018 films, which is a, which is a nice little achievement, but we've got a musical yeah. next week. Oh, um, it's, it's called Been So Long and it's directed by a Tinge Krishnan and it stars Michaela Cole and uh erin's keen so i think it's british from what i see, but it's a it's a musical which is musical yeah interesting that's a real change of pace (laughs) oh man i tell you what it's gonna be i don't we haven't done i don't think we've done a musical oh sorry i'm just trying to think (laughs) paradox may count as a a musical um type of film but oh yeah it's i guess so so hopefully not a, not a straight up musical well, god, we, no, we don't, nothing we don't know we don't know this could be like a <laughs> this could be a, a paradox oh god all right well um it's been good catching up so thanks for for having the chat and um yeah i'll have to try and wipe some of the memories of these violent deaths <laughs> out of my mind
1: no that was good the memory that those memories will, will be the things that actually stick with me from this film so. but yes thank you mate it was good to chat about yeah and i'll never play pool with you I <laughs> know, hey, I'm already trying to think how easy it's going to be to be able to pull that pocket off with the ball still intact, and then bang, off we go. It should be good. Uh, see you next week. See you then, mate.